Okay. Welcome back. Woo! Yep, yep. We got kind of a few things to talk about. I forget what episode we're on. Um, you know, I'm not really Odyssey. keeping track. <laughs> so, Odyssey Report, episode number two. Number two, but it's like our tonight, ninth, tenth episode altogether that we have. Yeah, yeah. Altogether, it's like the tenth or so. Jeez, Probably we're going ninth. by quick, dude. We're, we're pumping these out two episodes know, a week. Jeez. I hope the audience appreciates the content. I hope so too. I mean, we'll keep doing this uh, this amount of episodes per week. So, yep, yep. Good to know. Uh, we're gonna have constant quality content. <laughs> yep, yep. Okay, so Odyssey reports, and then flashing music probably. We'll just we'll just keep that for every single episode. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> that sound bite of Parthis singing. <laughs> All right, what do we got? <laughs> all kinds mm. of things happening in the world today. All these events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, off the top of my mind, uh, recent news, catastrophe-wise, a big tornado hit all Alabama, killing about 26 people. We also oh. got flooding in California. Uh, which city? Um, Greenville? Something like that. Uh, they're saying it's up right. to like 30 feet of uh, flooded water. So wow. they're kind of in a in a mix down there or up there. I don't know where that is actually. So you know that we've had so much rain this year in California. Have you, you noticed so? that? I haven't noticed I, to be honest. I don't go out maybe, much. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's uh, in L.A., but it's oh, definitely okay. been a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm not down there right now, so maybe it's yeah. different. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to rain in L.A., it's kind of scary, isn't it? Because people freak out. And yeah, it's not really. It makes the traffic thing. worse. You know, that's true. That's and we we had an episode about traffic and freeways. I'm pretty sure it just makes it worse. So yeah, you know, LA is a good place to be, but then again, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we got those. What else is on the news? We also got political news in respect to uh, Cortez. I can't really say her whole name, so I just call her by Cortez. Uh-huh. Um, AOC. Alexandria Oscario Cortez. Oh, so that's what that means. All right. <laughs> AOC. <laughs> AOC, yeah. And then we yeah. also got things about um a recent new figure I just learned about, uh Ian Omar, which is an Israel Democratic representative. And she's got some news about her. And then recently Rolling uh-huh. Stone just released a uh, publication story mm-hmm. about women in politics. And they got a mm. cover issue here that's saying, Women Shaping the Future, Nancy Pelosi and the New Voices of the House. So, right. we have a lot what of coverage was that, there. What, um, what was that video about? For the so, they released a video. Yeah. So, uh, Rolling Stone, a famous publication company, uh, Rolling Stone Magazine, they did a story on these four individuals. <clears throat> and they released it on YouTube. And it's five days old. And it's getting a lot of backlash even now, right? You we you just watched it, and I just watched it. It has a lot right. of dislikes. It doesn't have that many views because I think it's kind of new, and I don't think mm. many people watch that kind of thing because it's kind of a, um, I don't know, unpopular video. It's not going to be on trending. I know that. Okay. But, you don't think it's going to turn into the next Gillette commercial? You know what? I don't think so. I don't think it's that big because okay, it's not as offensive. <laughs> Right, right. Actually, it really isn't. Um, it isn't. It's kind of it, mellow, low key. 
to me, it was a little bit empowering, actually, for women. I can understand why. I mean, it's a typical thing, right? Coming from, like, the Democratic left nowadays. Like, it's, you know, the typical Donald Trump, Mr. President, I'm telling you, do not run for president in 2020. Right? Like, Nancy Mm -hmm. Pelosi said that in part of the video. He's he's quoting the video, yeah. Right, right. That's what that's what she said. And, you know, the message was, you know, we're, we're trying to show women that uh, they, too, can have the power to run for office and that they they, too, can do this. Does that make sense? And we are the prime examples to showcase yeah. this to you. Collective sort of encouragement. It's that kind of message getting across to a specific yeah. type of demographic in respect to the political community. I think yeah. this video is not it's not a bad video. It's got good uh lighting. It, the details of it are pretty nice. I mean right. professionals shot the video. It's obvious to see. Yeah. I think what gets people ticked about the video is that mm-hmm. it's so specific, right? And people are being people are tired of this this focus on you know women and empowerment and you know bringing down the other sex and right mentioning tox- toxic uh masculinity, masculinity yeah toxic anything else um just anything in that area i think that's why it has a lot of dislikes as of right now and i think it will in the future i think people are getting a little t- yeah yeah people are definitely just getting a little tired of hearing the whole like narrative you know and i think no i, I think this this whole i know me too trust me dude and it's and i think it's not just us i definitely think there's a good portion of the population out there that's actually been slowly shifting in their mentality over the past four years and i definitely think that this is going to have a um an impact on 2020 the elections because you see a lot of these podcasts like joe rogan um the ben shapiro show the big ones yeah uh what's it called which one the rubin report these shows yeah. they're they're becoming a lot more popular and i see even i've had a couple of personal friends who defaulted you know growing up to the left and they've been sort of reinvesting their thought into not even the right but like just anything else you know that's what happened to me to be honest because i grew up watching uh talk shows so stephen colbert yeah. jimmy fallon uh trevor noah seth uh myers kind of left-leaning shows they mix in comedy they they mix in these leftist views and they pretty much trash on trump 24 7 so right i got tired of that platform of, of that message nothing was very informative it was just a bunch of hate backlash and making fun of as of yeah. right now i've pretty much transitioned to these podcasts which are not only informative but rational and mm-hmm. very relatable <laughs> to be honest absolutely <laughs> and i think absolutely. most people are going to that phase including you and i yeah yeah i absolutely i still think that there are a lot of people out there who um you know the vast majority of people don't even really care about this to be quite honest i mean if you look at the whole population of the us i think it's around 330 million probably growing now maybe to 335 or so okay and the voter population, if you look at the last election, I think 64 million people voted for Donald Trump and sixty around 65 million people, I think, voted for Hillary Clinton. But isn't so, it the most uh, voted term as of right now? Like the most people voting? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, um, 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Percentage wise, I think, and also even just number wise, um, yeah. it was it was right. Like it was a very controversial election, so people came out and voted. Um so I think, you know, that's still a pretty low number. We've as the US the US as a country has always had a low percentage of, you know, voter participation. And that's been something that, you know, our teachers have, you know, university professors and everyone talked about, like, we need to get the young population to vote and, and get used to voting because they need to be responsible citizens and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's funny because, okay, so there's that portion of the population that doesn't really even follow politics so much. They don't really care. They, they try not to get too involved in it. Then there's a portion that um, they're they get involved, but not so much. And when they do, they're afraid to speak up because, you know, what they believe goes against the narrative of the times. Right. And especially if they're uh, like younger, the younger population, um, you're expected to default to a certain narrative that the universities, you know, will teach you. Um, you're not allowed to challenge what the universities teach you because they're they have a certain authority. Well, why is that authority there? Well, because they're universities, right? Like you, you, you have to respect that authority because they're universities. I mean, who else could be right? You know what I mean? They do the most research. They do the most. Uh, they have the most professors who you know know the most things. You know, so you can't question anybody in the university. Um, so they it use that authority. Like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's that so, idea that these universities are chained to this public image. Sorry, I right. cut you off right there. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, no. So I, I agree. I agree. And so I think that people are slowly starting to shift more towards diversity of thought. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go to the right, but that means that they're opening up, you know, and they're maybe exploring different ideas on the political spectrum right they're going issue by issue and starting to rationally think because rational people still exist out there and they're doing podcasts you know who i heard say that conservatives are taking over uh social media candace owens uh she recently has a uh new podcast and her recent guest was roseanne barr believe it or not Wow. So, wasn't she's from the show that got banned, right? Roseanne? That that is true. She is the so-called racist actor that not only was kicked off of her own show, but uh-huh. got a bunch of hate in general over people in general uh, all around cuz she tweeted about a a black senator and called her an ape on Twitter or Twitter or something like that right. and you know She's a very she's an older individual, right? She was she was uh, born in 1950-60. So, yeah. She her culture is different, right? So, yeah, yeah, understandably different. Understandably different. Not very politically correct, you know, she doesn't give a shit. It's obvious <clears throat> when you, yeah. when you hear her talk. Yeah. But uh back to my point, Candace Owens, she was arguing the point that conservatives are taking over social media because of the exact argument you were giving that most people are pretty much transitioning from this idea that the leftist and all this uh you know polarity in the medium spectrum of politics right. is bullshit and yeah. you know they're they're diverging and they're changing and conservatives yeah. are getting more of a voice in respect to social media yeah, uh, Dave Rubin also said the exact same thing. Very, very, Interesting. literally the exact same thing. He said, 
you know, our side is is starting to have, and I, I hate how he said our side, but like oh, he, he said, said that, that. <laughs> right? Yeah, he's like our side, as if it's like that's still making the assumption that you know it's conservatives versus liberals, which I guess if you want to simplify it, it kind of is, right? But um, he said our side is taking is is winning, sort of, or it's like it's slowly getting more and more influence. Um, now, I think that. You know, with Candace Owens, she kind of shifted very much to the right. Um, when she, True. you know, and I don't know if you know her whole story, like how she got uh, framed by this journalist who was uh, on Joe know, Rogan's podcast. She mentioned her whole scandal that happened. Okay, do you remember what happened exactly? Because I don't remember I, the details. I remember bits and pieces. Uh, she got uh, pretty much scammed by this journalist and. They were going after her, and it got to the point where they were calling her to not talk, and it got yeah. very serious. So she pretty much had an epiphany at that point where the journalists became very threatening-like. Yeah, And she pretty much said, this is bullshit, I'm going to the right, and this whole leftist ideology is not for me. And then that's all I pretty much remember in respect to her history of how she got yeah here. yeah uh i'll be honest when i first saw her i i was like wow this is great like i i actually like what she has to say you know um at first yeah it was like cool yeah you know she's yeah. gone through the suffering she's gone through the pain just you know <laughs> yeah taking a stance I, yeah exactly and i think she she has the power to reach out to the black community which largely votes liberal or largely votes democrat Right. And, and get them to sort of be exposed to the other side. Right. Um, to sort of uh, have this other platform to think uh, about. Right. Because the Democrats, usually the, the s strategy that they use is, you know, the Republicans are all white racists that want to put black people down. Right. So the vast majority of black people, you know, they'll tend to typically vote on the left. Um, or Democrat, sure. let's put it that way, right? Right. Um, and it's just by default now, right? Like, it's just part of, you know, like, it's almost default. Like, there is, you know, um, it's like you would be almost kind of stupid to vote Republican if you were black, right? So I think it, she's a good voice for that side, um, especially because she's also a woman, right? So you can't really play too many identity politics games against her. You know, she doesn't fall into the white male category. Yeah, um, she kind of takes their weapon and throws it back at them. Um, exactly, yeah. Because that's that, their, their ultimate thing. Their ultimate tactic yeah. is gender politics. Or yeah. Like Something like that. Yeah. The only thing she's not is maybe transgender. Now that, then maybe they can attack her on, you know. Okay. <laughs> the whole fact that this is actually like a, a strategy is freaking stupid, dude. <laughs> I know. I know. Where's like, the logic? <laughs> people get around the table like, all right, this is our strategy. We're going to go trans. We're going to go cisgender. We're going to involve everything here and just hit him hard. It's like, what the yeah, hell? Yeah. <laughs> You're, she's a cisgender, you know, like. Huh, just everything in general. LGBT. Uh, it's pretty crazy. I don't like it. I do not yeah. like it. But many people are, so, are starting to realize that. Yeah, I think so. I definitely agree. Um, now, my thing is, I don't, I think it's almost like if you're not part of this extreme left, even if you're liberal, let's say, like the classic definition of liberal, you are now considered almost like a conservative, 
do you see what I'm trying to say? Like three decades ago or four decades ago, the definition of liberal. Yeah, the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They've, they've shifted so far to the left now that, you know, even thinking like how a classic liberal used to four decades ago or whatever is considered conservative now. So conservatives have taken over a, a bigger share of the platform of the, of the of the spectrum. My bad. Does that make sense? Because if you're not with them, then you're against them, meaning the left. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. so um, it doesn't matter whether you're, you're actually a moderate or uh, you know an actual conservative. You're you're conservative just by their definition. Now I I think it's important to again, not automatically default to the right, which is something I am guilty of, sort of, when I first, uh, you know, started, you know, going against this whole leftist thing, right? And yeah. I was like, oh my god, like what? And that happened in 2016 during the elections. And I was like, like, damn, like, what is going on here? You know, this is such bullshit, you know, and then all these people on the right are making so much more sense, like logically to me. Okay, so, you know, for a while, I was just like, like, I didn't know what else to do besides go to the right, right? Uh, nowadays, it's more like I'm still leaning conservative, but it's it's sort of, you know, it, it, I have to still figure things out when it comes to certain issues like abortion or gun control or whatever, yada, 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 right? Yeah. So I think it's important for people to, the main key driver here is diversity of thought, right? They always talk about diversity, diversity, diversity. And so I saw this one video that was like, what about diversity of thought? You talk about diversity so much, but you forget, you know, like the the number one thing that really matters here. Right. I think people are being blinded. Uh, They're blinding themselves in respect to this whole diversity game and uh, identity politics. It's it's destroying the individual in the words of Jordan Peterson. (laughs) (laughs) Great guy, Jordan Peterson. Great guy. Yep. Look him up. Pretty cool fellow. But this (laughs) idea that... uh, that the politics now is infecting it's kind of a harsh word but it's making its way <laughs> into many domains of society so the entertainment domain the educational domain which is the academic domain uh you know business domain so you got businesses like starbucks uh what else are like really leftist type of companies uh google apple yeah so yeah yeah this whole ideology has sunk into those types <clears throat> of companies and I actually want to talk about and segue into the entertainment business in respect to the whole controversy about Captain Marvel. You know about that movie, right? Yeah, it's it's coming out. It's coming out this Friday, and there is already a lot of talk about it. Not only because it's a very high, highly anticipated movie, but in respect to the message it sends. And um, I really want to ask your opinion on the whole sure. controversy that's going about captain marvel so and yeah going forward so, so yeah what exactly happened for even the audience members that don't really know from what i understand i think the i the actor um i forget her name to be honest brie uh brie brie uh something yeah the actor who plays captain marvel mm-hmm. uh she's a female obviously and I think she is has a leftist agenda. And in respect to that, it's gaining a lot of popularity uh, amongst, you know, feminist culture and 
other individuals and demographics in respect to the left. So yeah, over Twitter, I think in the past couple weeks, there is a lot of feminist uh, Twitter accounts and other people just holding this movie up as their as their main uh, flag, right? For lack of better words, pretty much. And I'm looking at an article right now, and it's talking about uh, the whole Twitter backlash and the whole commotion that's going on in respect to this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It says here, it should probably be noted that the Twitter account isn't representative of all Captain Marvel fans. They're referring to the feminist uh, Twitter accounts. Though, right. the directors have confirmed that the movie is a feminist, humanist movie. And the Twitter okay. accounts only suggesting white men who are haters shouldn't be welcomed at movie theaters, leaving out non-whites who are potential haters. Seems rather an odd statement and should be questioned. The Captain Marvel controversy has also caused the shutdown of certain fan features at Rotten Tomatoes. The movie review aggregate site closed the ability for fans to vote if they want to see a movie prior to its release and comment. But following Captain Marvel's wants to see rating plummeting, Rotten Tomatoes removed those two features entirely. So, I guess there was so much... uh, controversy about the movie before it came out on Rotten Tomatoes that the company Rotten Tomatoes, which is a movie rating business, decided to delete comments and reviews before the movie has come out because there was so much speculation and hate prior to the movie's release this Friday. Right. Kind of interesting. So. Yeah. So I think. uh, Yeah. yeah, So it, it comes down to censorship, right? And I don't think it was censorship in the sense that like the they block these comments and stuff like that. So we talked about this in I think the very first episode of of Odyssey, where this Gillette commercial was apparently everyone in the comment section was commenting and saying, "Why are the dislikes changing? Why are the dislikes on this video changing so much? It's like they're going away." And I don't know whether it was Gillette or YouTube or Google or whoever was doing it. There was some third party, but yeah. It was some sort of third party that was getting rid of all these dislikes that you know, and showing the uh, the true nature of what people are actually feeling on the inside and how controversial this is. Because that that one ad could have potentially ruined Google, right? And that's exactly the fear that they have in regards to this movie, because you know Marvel has taken over the freaking movie industry like practically every popular no movie that comes out is like a marvel movie nowadays you know they are dominating the box office yeah yeah so if you know captain marvel who is supposedly supposed to be like one of the saviors in the last avengers movie you know has to have her own movie like one month prior to the release Ginger. of the last avengers movie yeah. she has yeah. to have a good movie right she has to become acquainted with the audience the audience members have to get to know her and like exactly. her um and so they don't want any sort of negativity around this movie you know it should be a very like smooth landing or or a smooth uh 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 i guess how do i put this like uh time in the box office right and it has to be that way because if it's not people would potentially just not go and watch the movie and that's gonna cause a massive drop in the box office you know they're gonna lose a lot of money and Money drives a lot of things. So um, it's and, crazy to think yeah. about. Yeah, 
I think yeah, what's so, the, yeah, the idea is um, the company Disney, I think, is the main uh, controller behind all of this because they own Marvel. They're trying yeah. to desperately keep revenue up and they know that the idea of the politics uh, pretty much so ingrained in people's culture and their minds that they need to pretty much cater to people's emotions and feelings and they need to make sure that the movie itself is likable so I totally agree right. with you on that front because Avengers make a lot of money the Avenger movies. I think the last one made like, oh my gosh, too many, too much money. <laughs> <laughs> he probably made at least a billion dollars. Let's at least a billion. Quickly check that out. <laughs> Crazy to think about, yeah. But you know, there's this new character they're introducing, and of course, she has to have her own movie, and they need to make it good because mm-hmm. I think the the final Avengers movie is going to be pretty much focused on her being the savior and the hero. Yes. So her image whoa. needs to be good. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Check What's this the number? out. So the the budget was three hundred and sixteen million to four hundred million to to make the movie. It okay. made two point four two point zero four eight billion dollars. Opening weekend? No, 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 no. Just overall, overall, overall. Okay. Um, and I think if I'm not incorrect, that is close to. It's probably second or third place. In terms of overall box office, I think the only movie that would have won is Avatar. Avatar is the number one. I believe that. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's crazy. That's insane how much money that made. I think the number one movie overall in terms of like in, adjusting for inflation. Uh, it, is Titanic? Gone, no, not Titanic. Uh, gone with the Wind. Oh, really? Yeah, because that was the first colored movie in Hollywood, I believe. Oh, I did. I had no idea actually. I think that's how what it goes. What year? Uh oh jeez, 19 1940, 1930, 50? Gone with the Wind. I I know it's uh 39. Uh release date 1940. January 17th. That's what I Oh, heard. okay. Okay. Yeah, box box office 390 million dollars. And that's in 1940. Wow. So, who knows how much that is? And <laughs> respect to today's inflation so <laughs> crazy to think about the movie business yeah it's yeah, a yeah huge drive in respect to the market and the economy probably oh yeah oh yeah um and and media just in general has a huge impact on what people think and the way they think you know i mean we were talking about and we're not going to get too much into this but i know we were talking about like intergender dynamics and how young boys are being influenced by media to act in a certain way nowadays you know, because right. of media, right? And that 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 uh, influence doesn't stop there. It goes into politics. It goes into all this stuff. And they're socially conditioned from a young age to think that reality works a certain way. But yeah, you're not. It's not supposed to work like Disney movies. It's not supposed to work like like the you know media always shows. So it's not um, a clear a depiction of reality pretty much it's a fantasy world that people love to believe and they want to be true very desperately so yeah actually one of the laws of power is to play to people's fantasies you know because reality is too harsh for people to handle disney realized that power of law or law of power (laughs) really early in the game so definitely props to them they really won 
they pretty much dominated the movie industry. They got Star Wars, they got Marvel, and then they have their own independent Disney movies coming out, like Frozen. So. Yeah. You know, Disney, oh my God, you know what I found out, actually? Uh-huh. Walt Disney was actually a supporter of Hitler and his whole, like, his whole, like, mission to eradicate the Jews. I think one of Hitler's top scientists actually met uh, Walt Disney. Um, Warner Van yeah. Bern something like that the fa- the godfather of rocket science but okay. uh, go on you were saying no yeah i that was insane i never i never knew that um and when i found out i was i mean i'm not was i wasn't crushed i'll tell you that but i love disney movies growing <laughs> up you know i mean yeah who didn't I, I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say like i think they're part of I'm not going to say I love Disney so much that They're I'm a like breakaway a breakaway <laughs> Alex Jones oh. comes in. <laughs> oh, my God. But, you Let's know, go into that. I, I grew up loving Disney. And, and obviously, I know Disney is not realistic. but And I know that. <laughs> I'm not going to be one of those guys. But, I, you know, that's a, that's a crazy idea. I never, I never knew that. But regarding Disney, they actually had a lot of difficulties in i think the 80s and the 70s and even the even the 6 the late 60s late 60s 70s and 80s the company was just not doing well and it's because they switched over to some new sort of technology but that technology just wasn't good the storytelling wasn't as good while disney had passed away and the company was in someone else's hands right uh-huh. and so um did you ever watch uh uh, young kids movies when you were young it was called the land before time yeah a few episodes here and there i remember that the the little dinosaur movies yep yep so the very first the land before time that came out actually was directed by a guy named don bluth and don bluth actually was uh i think he either took over disney after he went or he or no, no he, he he used to work at disney and he wanted to um, implement a, a different engine for building, you know, stories and everything like that. And and, and what I mean by engine is like technology for uh, animating all these uh, these movies, right? And Disney told him no. Like they kept telling him no, 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 we're not going with your idea. We're going to stick to this. Um, and so he left the company and went to, I think it was, he went to some other company and essentially he made The Land Before Time, which was a hit. And so, you know, if it's funny because I don't know, I mean, it's not funny, but it's just an it's interesting funny. fact. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting funny to think about. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy to think about. I mean, yeah. Disney, they, they've got to be one of the most successful companies in history compared to like Apple and Google and yeah, even uh, yeah. oil companies and things like that. I'm looking at their website right now and... We all know that Star Wars Land uh, is going to be opening in 2019. And according to their website, it's apparently going to open in summer. This summer. Wow. Jeez. I had, so I had no idea Star Wars Land was an actual theme park. I thought it was like a park. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I swear I didn't. I thought it was going to be really? like some sort of, I thought it was going to be like a little addition to the actual Disneyland no, or the dude. actual California Adventure. But it's going to be a third theme park dedicated just to Star Wars. There's going to be one in California, which is uh, in Anaheim, and it's going to be yeah. one in Florida. Okay. So that's. I told you about that. I remember. Uh, a yeah, while yeah. Ago. I think you were the one who who broke the news to me. Actually, they had to buy a bunch of land in order to build the resort. So 
what they did was there's not a, a lot of land available in California and Southern California, mind you. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of real estate uh, in Anaheim, so mm-hmm. what they did was they wanted the park to they wanted the new park to be close to the Disneyland Park, but the problem was that there was a bunch of like residential areas around the park in general. So what they did was they bought all the houses in respect to like next to the park, like a certain area, and then they uh-huh. tore it all down. And they started oh from scratch. God. So they had to yeah. buy the they had to pay off the real estate company. They had to buy the land. And now they pretty much are opening Star Wars land in summer two thousand nineteen. Seriously. Huge and, and project. You know, What's crazy is um, I actually took a real estate course when I was back at UCLA, and my professor was saying that uh, Disneyland, when it was first built, the actual Disneyland, um, the way they acquired the real estate, the how many ever you know parcels of land or whatever it was, they cannot buy it all from buy it all at once from Disney. Disney cannot just go up to you know, all these different little farmers and say, hey, can we buy off your land? We're trying to build this massive project here. We're trying to build Disneyland here. Isn't because what would happen, it's 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 not illegal, but it's not a good idea. Does oh, that okay. make sense? Go, go, um, go on. And yeah. so um, what it is is that what happened was they created a bunch of fake companies to go negotiate on behalf of Disney. And the reason that they did this was because if they knew that Disney wanted all this land to build Disneyland and they needed it, well, what would happen if, you know, Disney had bought, let's say, half the land and then the other half, you know, all these little farmers got together and said, okay, let's just jack up the price. You know, like they they can't, you know, they have to have this land. We're going to sell it to them at a premium price and we're not going to, you know, we're not going to, we're going to be ruthless on our pricing. So what they did was they created a bunch of fake companies that all had nothing to do with Disney and they sent representatives to actually buy off these parcels of land separately. Um, And you technically don't have to know what the land is being used for. Does that make sense? You can just imply it. So I think one of the, uh, one of the fake companies that they created was called something Rancheros. So it was implied that this little company wanted just to like build a ranch on that land. But they had no idea it was actually part of Disney's plan to actually take over all that land and then to build uh, this theme park. Right. So Crazy process. And it's amazing to think about how valuable land is. <laughs> yeah. it's Disneyland is definitely going to be dominating the entertainment business for quite a while. Because they have Marvel, they have Star Wars, they also have different Disney movies, and even growing up, they kind of dominated it as well, right? They, yeah, they made all these uh, animated movies, um, princess movies, and you know, you like The Lion King, and there was also mm-hmm. uh, The Jungle Book. There was Hercules, Mulan, Hercules, Tarzan, Tarzan. You like that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> childhood. <laughs> Seriously, that's once they get you childhood. in your childhood, they got you. And there, I think they have a magical ability for storytelling, um, and you can see that like pretty much anything Disney touch, touches becomes a mass hit, or at least somewhat of a hit. Nothing flops. I don't think so I've ever far. seen Disney flop. Yeah. At least, yeah, at least not in the past like decade. Well, um, their Star Wars movies aren't doing so well. The last one didn't make a lot of money. Okay, 
Oh, really? Okay. So fans are a little skeptical about uh, their plans for Star Wars in general, like the movie okay. franchise and the books, things like that. Hardcore right, fans, right. you know. Okay. But to well, the... what I'm referring to is like like animated movies like Frozen, like Tangled, um, you know, like like the actual cartoonish the actual, movies, right? Yeah, the bread and butter of yeah. Disney, pretty much. Right, right. They touch on Pirates of the Caribbean, which didn't do that well the last, like, at least couple i think after the third one revenue started going down yeah but i mean a good series i think they should have stopped that too but they want to uh they dried it out (laughs) they they squeezed a a bunch of revenues they could so just like transformers just like transformers they should have stopped at one the first the very first transformers (laughs) but no they did four more (laughs) yeah even terminator i think terminator had now it has like six movies it's got a lot of sequels now oh wow but I know yeah. for sure there's at least five. There's at least five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They keep continuing. They keep doing yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, people pay for it, right? Like, they, they're they profiting on these movies, so they're not going to stop. It doesn't I even think, matter if they're that good. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the whole Star Wars uh, idea, too, since Disney is always going to uh, make a Star Wars movie every year. I think that was their their promise to the public, but who knows if they'll stay true or not. Yeah. Crazy yeah. to think about. Speaking of movies, uh, going back to Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. I recently found something kind of interesting in respect to that movie. Right. I was looking at show times this weekend, so the opening weekend for Captain Marvel. March eighth is when it's Friday, and then ninth and tenth is going to be Saturday, Sunday. I looked at major theater companies like AMC, Regal. That's the major companies down in Southern California. The only sh- uh, movie they're showing is, guess what? Captain Marvel, according to their most current schedules for the weekend. Yeah. Which is abnormal because every time a Never. movie is released, there are, other, there are other movies playing as well. <laughs> that is very true. I mean, it's kind of weird to see right now. I remember there... There's at least one other movie playing in respect to like the opening movie on a weekend. You know what it is okay. You know how they have a schedule like okay. There's an eleven o'clock show. There's a four o'clock show. There's a whatever. Do you think that every single movie theater is going to be playing Captain Marvel at the exact same time? Because there's no. going to be such a wide audience that like they need more theaters to fill up. You know what I mean? They're expecting more people. Is that why you think it might be? Oh, you're thinking that um, theaters in general, the companies, they're saying, okay, this movie's going to be a big hit, so we need to reserve as many seats as possible for yes. this movie. Okay, there's that kind of thinking too. Maybe. I mean, I mean, it seems unlikely because you. I mean, it can't be that big of a hit. Like, if anything, they would have done that for the Avengers, not Captain Marvel. They didn't even do that for the Avengers, did they? They had separate movies playing as well yeah yeah during the weekend maybe they're gambling right now who knows uh, if the other theaters are closed that just doesn't make any sense if they're if they're not being used it doesn't make any sense like why they would do that maybe they're using every theater i'm not i'm not sure in the details actually yeah because wouldn't they be losing money if if they if they closed all off closed off that all is- the other theaters that is true, actually. Maybe they'll be saving money because if they shut down a the theater, don't they save a few bucks on the on like power and, and I don't know um, employees? Um, oh yeah, possibly, possibly, yeah. 
I don't know the math. Maybe they got it all figured out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe you know what they found is that on opening weekends for big movies, people, you know, when they go to the movies, they're like, okay, so what movie do you want to watch? Well, they typically choose the newest one that's the most popular one, right? So there's probably no point. They, they probably don't even sell enough tickets for the other movies to make up for the cost of running that movie. So like all the power costs, all the no like break evens, energy yeah. costs. Yeah, they don't break even, right? So it's just like, let's just shut down those theaters or those movies for the weekend and uh, keep a little bit more profit. Maybe. I, mean, I haven't been to a movie in quite a while, but when I did go, it was usually the newest movie I I went to go see on the day it came out or like a day or, yeah. or two after. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're got the right idea, but... Another idea, or another reason why this is all happening, uh, kind of going to a conspiracy theory here, is that uh, Disney, or Marvel, is <laughs> pushing this movie so hard that they're forcing the companies to show it for the entire weekend. That's another theory. Kind of harsh. Okay. Kind of okay. out of left field for this one. but I, I wouldn't say that that's too far off from the truth, to be honest, because they have a lot of money, and I don't think that they i mean if they're trying to make it a big hit then they're trying to they wouldn't hesitate to do that you know i think it's imperative to avengers it is it 100 percent is right do you think that the same thing is going to happen when the avengers comes out about a month after you know what i don't think so honestly okay i think it's just this movie we should probably we'll we'll, we'll have that on uh on the next on the ic report during that time yeah, that we will. We'll keep a close eye on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, folks. We got it all covered. <laughs> you can trust this new source. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have everything. We just have the internet to go off of. So. <laughs> yeah, in our own minds. In our own minds. Maybe you can go see the movie itself and confirm that they're only showing this movie <laughs> this yeah, Friday. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. Are you coming yeah. down? <laughs> I'm coming down for the 14th. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, so I'll be there for the weekend of the fourteenth. Uh, okay. Yeah, that pretty conclude that concludes our Captain Marvel um, topic as of right now. There's no other uh, recent updates on the whole, you know, controversy and the show times. We'll just wait and see when it comes out uh, this Friday. See what people think. Yeah. 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 What else is there? To be honest, we got the politics. We've also got uh, talking about. Disneyland, Candace so, Owens. Yeah, too. Candace Owens. I there were there were a couple other points that I wanted to make about her. Um, I don't know if you did you watch the full episode of Joe Rogan's podcast with her. I did, and I remember okay. what I remember the most is her inability to convey how she doesn't believe in climate change. Right, she and I was did not bring explain. that up. Right, go for it. Um. So I didn't watch the entire podcast, to be honest. I only saw uh, that portion because there's, you know, they make clips, clips of Joe Rogan's yeah. podcast. Yeah. So I saw, so I saw, you know, what she thought about climate change and everything like that. Okay. I don't have a problem with her denying climate change, to be honest. I don't have a problem with that because we have an, you know, we have a free society, free speech, you know, free, freedom of thought, diversity of thought, whatever. Right. And, uh, you know, the problem I had, though, when I saw that clip was that it's like the 
it's like it's as if she is considering herself and i'm i i think she is actually a public figure for the right but she considers it such an important role that there is almost even no consideration for the the possibility that climate change could be affecting could be you know a factor that may might affect our lives in the future does that Mm -hmm. make sense um you know there are people who believe it's going to destroy us in like 10 years and there are like you know people who have these crazy like uh like oh my god uh you know all of england's going to be underwater you know it's like are you kidding me dude i don't think that's going to happen in 10 years (laughs) um then there are people who uh, are somewhere in the middle you know somewhere along the spectrum and then there are people like her who just flat out think it's a hoax and just kind of like donald trump right um again people have the right to think what they want but when joe kind of was questioning her and saying like well you know there's a lot of science that goes into this and then yada 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 the the sort of arguing back that she did didn't seem so logical to me does that make sense? It was a flat out. I just don't believe it. Kind of like brainwashed. Like yeah, I I just I choose not like to believe better it. Words. Can I can I not choose to not believe it? Can I choose not to believe it? She had no rationality toward her argument, and it was so blunt and forward that I think many people didn't like her at that moment. So even Joe Rogan yeah. was like, "Well, you can't say that. You have you have to explain yourself, and you have to." rationally think about it because so many people look up to you and you're an influence yeah and joe rogan was explaining you know why you shouldn't just say climate change you know isn't real i mean you have to consider that there are affecting uh factors in respect to you know certain the science and the data behind it data in respect to like um you know higher rise levels in the ocean and you know hotter climates and even some weather patterns that are going a little haywire so right um we should actually have a odyssey academy video on climate change you know what that'd be a good idea but we really need to do our research (laughs) 100 percent. no no i agree i agree we'll take our time to do the research yeah Um, i really want to get into that to be honest yeah that is it's a huge subject a huge subject Um, huge uh so she you know it was just the problem i think was you know, again, like it goes back to the whole, are you just defaulting to the right because the left just seems kind of irrational nowadays? I think she falls into the mentality that she's gotten so much hate from the left that she needs to side with the right. Very possible. And I also have an alternative theory here. I think that, you know, before all this stuff happened, okay, think about this. Who was Candace Owens to the world? I had never heard of her, to be honest, until she came exactly. onto to Joe Rogan's show. Exactly, right? She got famous. She is now famous as a public figure for the right, especially in the black community, correct? So um, my rationale would be, you know, if she is in that position, she's going to do what it takes to keep that position and that sort of... Uh, authority maybe some some sort of uh you know support from the right does that make sense she needs to be clearly anti-left clearly she needs to she needs to show so hardcore that she hates the left and this is part of her appeal you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. 
Now, I'm not attacking her for any like reason or whatever. You know, I think she's a great person. It's just that that's just something that I'm theorizing over. So um, I'll give you an example. She uh, on her Instagram, I was following her for a while on her Instagram. Um, and, you know, we have this whole Me Too movement going on. And uh, she was wearing she took a picture with her herself and two other girls. And they were wearing a shirt called that a shirt that had the letters uh, and the phrase hashtag him too. Okay. So, and, and she was like posting videos of when we confirmed, uh, when the Republican Congress confirmed, uh, Brett Kavanaugh for, you know, the Supreme court, she posted a video on Instagram, like singing, like we confirmed Kavanaugh, we like, as like, kind of like a child. Right. And it's almost like taunting, you see, uh, now there's a partial entertainment appeal in this, right? Like people, people who absolutely hate the left will love her because she's putting out that persona. You see what I'm saying? And so she has to go hard, hard, hard against the left. Now, you know, the left tries to, you know, make climate change seems like, seem like it's, you know, the be all end all of the universe of love, not the universe of the, uh, of the earth. Right. Like it's going to kill us all. Okay. In the future. Uh-huh. Now, this is what the left thinks. So she has to go exactly opposite. Oh no, I think it's a hoax. Do I just, do I not have the right to believe it? No, I just think it's a hoax. That's it. Period. I don't have to explain myself. That gets her the most cred, that kind of response. Yeah, I, I don't want to say it gives her the most credibility, but it gives her like, she wants to put off a persona where she stands exact, like very firm. And maybe she doesn't really have the stats. Maybe she really doesn't have an explanation. And if she doesn't, she has to stick to her point, like, and not, and make it so that she doesn't have to explain. Does that make sense? Or rationalize why? She's on the battlefield in respect to politics. So she has the ideology and the mentality that it is left versus right. I think that is her ultimate standpoint. And given her history, it's no wonder how she reached that point in general because she was very targeted by leftist journalists and just leftist ideology in general so it makes sense that she's keeping up this public figure not only to get more points with them and get more fame and to reach you know higher levels of hierarchy in respect to the dominant hierarchy she is uh sticking to this plan where she sticks with the right and she pretty much bashes down the left. I mean, it's pretty yeah. evident that she acts like that in respect to her recent podcast that just came about. And PragerU actually is sponsoring it or is uh, producing it. Right. And she recently had on Roseanne Barr and they were talking about um, the Me Too movement. And I watched the whole podcast. Um, okay. How did you like it, by the way? Or what are your thoughts on it? The podcast is a good uh it's a good platform. Um they speak freely and it's not really scripted. She has this uh this feel of being major conservative, right? So she just constantly bashes down the left and she constantly reminds the audience that conservatives are under attack and that leftists are trying to take them down and that it's a war, it's a battle they need to win. So she has that kind of mentality throughout the podcast. But uh, the podcast in general, 
with Roseanne Barr, that episode, it was really interesting because Roseanne Barr is a somewhat of a old, tough mother. <laughs> and she has her own right. conservative views in respect to leftist ideology. So Me Too movement and Black Lives Matter. She's a very tough yeah. woman if you listen to the podcast. Do you know about her in general? Roseanne? Roseanne Barr, yeah. I just heard that she, you know, got kicked off her own show um, for tweeting something about, like, a black person being kind of like an ape or something like that. Um, That's all I remember. The only thing I know about her in respect to her career is that she's an actor. She's a famous actor for a show called Roseanne. And that show is like a classic comedy. Uh, It's a family comedy. And... You know, it's got all these other famous actors too. Uh, Leonard from Big Bang Theory, and uh, oh, really? Yeah, he's on that. there, like th- okay. during the older episodes. So, mm. you know, very popular show back in the nineties, eighties, I think more nineties. So, uh, she is considered to be a comedian. I think I'm not too sure, but it's obvious that she has a conservative upbringing. So. She right. uh, she has the, a bunch of ideas about the government, how they should be not so involved, and she pretty much hates the idea of the Me Too movement, uh, you know, very strong feminists, and right. she's very much in favor of strong masculinity. Um, she, she, argue- she is in favor of strong masculinity? Yeah, she is. Okay. She... Uh, went on to say that she grew up with strong men and that she likes strong men. Right. And that society needs strong men. So there's okay. nothing toxic about it. What the left is trying to do, she claims, is to bring down the idea that strong men are uh, a good thing. A good thing, pretty much. And that mostly the Me Too movement is a bunch of women just crying because they couldn't get their way. Dude, okay, I one hundred percent agree. She has with that, yeah. Argument. What she says, I, I, I mean, I have to look more into her argument. But what I so far from what you said, I, I mean, I can't. I, I agree for the most part. Let's put it that way. I really simplified it, but she has like a different. There's a, a, a lot of other details she uh, says about the argument, and things like that. But that's pretty much the main point. Sure. That she conveys. So yeah. Wow. You pretty much agree, because we've had this conversation before, about the idea of the Me Too movement and how it labels masculinity, strong masculinity, as toxic. But we had a detailed conversation about individual women who claim that they were abused, either mentally, physically, sexually, verbally. They're targeting men in power, right? and they're pretty much mobilizing this hate movement toward men in power. Some of which it works. What I mean by that is they get individuals like Bill Cosby. um, Maybe Louis C.K. is guilty. But other figures like R. Kelly. Maybe they deserve it. Maybe they're targeting the right people in respect to that. But the idea Mm -hmm. that they have this kind of weapon to always use and it pretty much tries to uh, bring down any man they see unfit 
in regards to their own uh, ideas. So they tried to take down Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. So that was uh, a big thing on the news. But it's like no one's safe. You know what I mean? If you're a man in power, you're pretty much a target. And you can be... You have the total... um, The complete chance of being taken down in respect yeah, to these movements. Yeah. Feminists, Me Too, Black Lives Matter. A lot of hate. Yeah, guys gotta be careful about this kind of thing, you know, especially when they're going out partying or something like that and they meet a girl and, I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna say, like, I'm just gonna say be on guard, you know? Um, if you notice potential signs that something could go wrong here or there or whatever, I would suggest not even partaking in that. Uh, because it is, it can ruin your career. It can ruin your reputation. It can, you know, send all these feminists after you and things like that. Now, um, yeah, no, I mean, that's pretty much all I would have to say. Yeah. That's a different conversation to have in respect to, yeah. uh, the dynamics the of me too. the, yeah, the me too in respect to, you know, men and women on the individual scale where they're at a party and you know, it's a social setting and you have experience with this because uh, I don't know if you still do party, but you used to go to social gatherings quite often. And yeah, yeah. A lot more than I do nowadays, but a different I world. used to more. Yeah. 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 But Gotta going grow back... up someday, you know, <laughs> <laughs> growing up. Yeah. Some men never do <laughs> <laughs> going back to the women in politics. It's a strong, indicator that media in general are pushing maybe enforcing this image of women in politics right so you have cortez you have nancy pelosi you have other representatives they're desperately trying to get all these ideas into people's minds before the 2020 election oh yeah oh yeah yeah because i think because they know that trump is a very tough opponent and he's proven that in respect to the previous election. So the Democrats are doubling down because... You know, and I think that's a stupid thing to do, to be honest, to double down on whatever they've already been doing. I think they should have learned the lesson from 2016 and realized that people don't always think like that. And I know maybe they might have a better opportunity with Bernie Sanders than Hillary Clinton, but Donald Trump has sparked something in people that is not going to be easy to take down and the thing is that he is the representative of everyone who hates pc culture which is becoming more and more like popular nowadays to hate pc culture right because we talked about this because of podcasts out there um you know people becoming i guess uh awoken awakened to the idea that there is a rationality being woke yeah (laughs) <laughs> to irrationality beyond just pc culture right yeah and just feelings 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 right there is a logic behind certain things right so you have to consider that now um what was i saying before about the oh yeah they're doubling down on the exact same idea when in fact i think they should go exactly to the opposite direction because there has been a democratic candidate presidential candidate for 2020 that has actually caught my eye and i actually really like him 
His name is Andrew Yang yep. because he's a logical guy. He's I, I saw his podcast with Joe Rogan, and I'm like, you know what? I actually can get on board with it. With this, and and that's coming from a guy who loves capitalism, the whole idea of capitalism. This yep. one guy, this Democratic candidate, has I don't want to say he's fully convinced me, but he has not, you know, made me hate him or made me, you know be like no this guy's crazy like how could how could uh, you know anybody want universal basic income you know we're gonna become socialist and that uh, everyone knows socialism doesn't work and this and that and blah 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 but this guy was sitting down he didn't attack trump he didn't he barely mentioned anything about racism or sexism or identity politics he specifically spoke on economics which is fantastic because you know and he talked to all about all these facts like there was a straight line you know indicator between manufacturing jobs lost and trump winning in those districts and you know i'm just like sitting here like wow this guy actually analyzed why trump won and he's analyzing he, he he's an entrepreneur he understands what's been going on he knows people's problems because people actually care more about their paycheck than some fucking identity politics bullshit that the left is throwing right so he understands this. He knows that his best chance at winning is to not be like every other Democratic candidate on stage, right? What is it? Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, all these people, the vast majority of them are going to talk about, oh, we have to face the fact that we're still living in a racist society and this and that about identity politics. And now they're all the same. How do you stand out on a stage of I think there's going to be like 26 candidates on stage or 20 candidates on 20. I think it's 20 um, uh, on the, uh, in the democratic primaries. How do you stand out? You have to say something different. You have to understand the problem that the left has been facing, right? The scrutiny that the, the left has been facing with half the population. I saw comments in the Joe Rogan on Joe Rogan's podcast with Andrew Yang um, saying things like, I vote conservative and this guy already has my vote and things like uh, uh, this guy has my vote and blah, 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 you know, and like, wow, this is, you know, I really hope that this is the future face of the Democratic Party because this guy actually makes sense. You know, he's not just talking identity politics. So, yeah, it needs to be there needs to be a lot more people like him, to be honest, in respect to the Democratic Party. You don't see a lot of him around in general. Yeah. There's always this PC culture going around, just yep. infecting every domain of society. People are getting tired of it. I mean, we've gotten tired of it. It's gotten yeah, us so yeah. tired that we decided to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, so we always end up talking about it. <laughs> yeah, it always comes up here and there. Uh, yeah. I, I like to think about making Kelly and her her scandal uh, in regards to the whole uh, PC culture because. She mentioned something about blackface on uh, her network. Was it NBC News, I think? Yeah, it was NBC. She, has, she had her own show on NBC. And uh, this one episode pretty much ruined her because she talked about something about blackface and how it was okay to wear, like on Halloween, like why it's racist. And she herself was a uh, a leftist individual. You know, she believed in PC culture. I think she was a feminist or something like that. But once she pretty much gave her argument about the blackface, they tore her apart. They <laughs> fired her. They took her down. They replaced her. Instantly. You're part of the left until the left comes for you. 
it's scary to think about how you can yeah. just if you're not always believing in what they have to say then you have a chance of being executed on the spot <laughs> <laughs> seriously many people and, have yeah they've you know diverged what from me it off even more is we talked about jesse jesse smollett last time um this guy who faked this whole attack this whole racist attack on himself and it just it was ridiculous because people believe this you know and they're like oh my god see racism is real and i'm not saying racism isn't like out there obviously like to certain degrees it is but it's like they're trying to create this whole narrative and bullshit 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 you know it's a game because as an actor part of your intention is to become famous through attention and this is what other way to become famous and get attention than this way right and obviously this hoax went wrong because they uncovered it and he's facing jail time possible jail time so i just yeah it just reminds me uh that you know you have to look into the details and the specifics of the case you can't just immediately assume that something is uh exactly the way that it is on the surface how many people do you think are now leaving the left given light of Jesse Somolet's scandal and his whole uh his whole um the ho- deception the yeah the hoax pretty much yeah yeah um in regards to Jesse Smollett, maybe not way too many. It's just one incident, right? I mean, it is given that it is a major incident, but and maybe some people have, you know, realized. I think though that overall, in the past three to four years, people have been realizing more and more every day because of you know, like we were talking about podcasts and things like that, and not just podcasts, but in general, you know, the things that these people keep talking about on CNN and how Trump got two scoops of ice cream versus everyone else getting one and how he's a dictator for that. Right. All this just irrational stuff, which you can see the stats that CNN's, you know, their viewership dropped by, uh, this was a stat that I found out about months ago. So who knows where it is now, but their viewership dropped by 30% in two years. Right. And so people are going to other places for news. Uh, Fox uh, News actually had their viewership go up by 6%. At the time that I checked CNNs, um, because so, so that shows me that at least to a certain degree, some people are shifting towards the right, while others are just leaving the left purely just for the sake of leaving the left. Does that make sense? And they're yeah. maybe going to watch podcasts, you know, spending their time in other places. But um, it has been happening, and I think you're gonna see this occur more and more so um, in in the 2020 elections. Now, what to my surprise, and I can't say it was too much of a surprise, but it was a little bit of a surprise, okay, was the 2018 elections. Um, everyone was like, oh, this is going to be a red wave or a blue wave or whatever, right? It was neither, right? It was kind of balanced. Um, now, it, was, it went almost as ex- exactly almost as expected, right? And obviously, voter turnout was a little bit less because it's not as as major of an election as the presidential candidates or as as the presidential elections, right? But now, that being said, yeah, I still think that 
people are shifting more and more and more. That doesn't mean it's like a pendulum. Think about it like this, okay? Every time the left goes too far, we have to shift back a little bit to the right. And every time the right goes too far, we have to shift a little bit back to the left. It's a yin and a yang, a chaos and order, a balance of some sorts, right? Um, so the left and right, it's like a pendulum. If we talk about, let's say, for example, financial hierarchy, right? About how wealth is concentrated in the hands of the top 1% or the top 5% of society because of capitalism and you know the free market and corporations taking over and not following regulations and whatever, right? Then what happens is people, you know, inevitably lose jobs because the companies are making more and more profit. And, you know, they might they might be reinvesting that profit into building the company bigger, which causes for creation of new jobs. But at times they also reinvest that money into, um, you know, not making new jobs. They'll make it they'll either save it or they'll they'll reinvest it into building uh robots right like or like ai that's like the future right uh, amazon's building self-driving trucks right now and that's going to drive out truckers in like 10 years 10 11 years so um anyways the point being is that every time wealth gets concentrated too much into the hands of a few people the left has to come in and balance that out and say hey look you can't do that to the small guy you know you have to like you got to have we got to have unions we got to help out, you know, the little guy, we have to make sure that people at least have a decent livable wage. All right. Um, and the right says, well, too bad, you know, we live in a free country, we're not going to be taxed. You know, why should we pay? Why should we care? Um, in the sense that like, you know, take care of yourself, that's your fault, because you made the wrong decisions and choices, because you're not working as hard as we are. So it's an it's an ebb and a flow, right? Um, because what happens if is if too much wealth gets concentrated into the hands of a few, then what happens? People at the bottom of the hierarchy are not just going to take that. There's going to come a certain point where they're going to say, fuck this. We're going to throw the system over altogether. We're going to, you know, revolt. We're going to go through a revolution or we're going to cause riots in the streets. You know, we're not just going to take this. So in order to keep them at bay, in order to keep them satisfied and happy, give them a livable wage. Like you have to give up a little bit, right? And that's where the left comes in and balances things out. Now, um, if it goes too much on the left, then innovation and creativity and capitalism, the whole engine just fails to function, right? Society doesn't move forward and economic growth sort of slows down. You see, so there's, again, there's a balance, right? But where does that balance lie? That's the key. And that's why we have to have political debate between the left and the right and between Democrats and Republicans. Um, people on the left think, okay, well, we need $15 an hour for a minimum wage. Like, it's not enough to have 10, right? People on the right will say, no, we need to have 10. So what do we do? We might compromise, right? Like, that's what the chambers of uh, of uh, Congress would do, right, when they're making laws and everything. That's why we have the voting system and everything. That's the beauty of the American system, this gridlock that keeps the battle forever going so between yeah. republicans and democrats and democrats so uh i wanted to talk about the green new deal actually yeah so perfect segue perfect segue aoc wants to pretty much execute this as quick as possible so i'm not too knowledgeable on the green new deal i just pulled up their website right now and i'm looking at their 10 value their 10 key values so just okay. to name a few, uh, it looks like 
this Green New Deal is going to solve all of our problems. <laughs> <laughs> so they got we'll everything down that. from nonviolence to community-based economics to feminine and gender e- equity, uh, respect for diversity, future focus on sustainability, um, social justice and equal opportunity. I mean, they've got it all here. So Ecological wisdom. <laughs> yeah, apparently this is going to solve America's problems overall. <laughs> Yeah, we'll leave the link for that for that you know down in the in the description below. We will. I mean, the new the Green New Deal. What do you think they're trying to get at here? What's their main message? I think the Green New Deal is extremely leftist agenda. Extremely. I mean, I I saw one of them right there was feminism and gender equality, right? I think that that has shifted a little bit too much towards the other end. Again, it's like a pendulum, right? Male, female, male, female, whatever. I genuinely think in this day and age that it is shifting more in the favor of women. And you can clearly see this at least in the dating game. Well, right? the feminist and gender equity, it, what that translates to is we are moral. That's pretty much what it translates to. Oh, yeah. That's the main weapon, right, that they yeah. use. So you were saying, I'm sorry. No, 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 that's uh, that's fine. Um, but what other points were they were there again? Nonviolence, what does that mean? What about, what about nonviolence? Nonviolence. It is essential that we develop effective al- alternatives to society's current patterns of violence. We will work to demilitarize and eliminate weapons of mass destruction without being naive about the intentions of other governments. Uh, we promote nonviolent methods to oppose practices and policies with which we disagree and will guide our actions toward lasting personal community and global peace. So it looks like they want to take away guns. <laughs> um so so what I got from that was um did she I don't I don't know about guns. I think I think what she's trying to say is demilitarize meaning like get rid of you know how Donald Trump's uh the the more military what's it called yeah, yeah, he yeah. spent like he passed a spending bill of seven hundred billion dollars for the military last year, right? Yeah. So, um, the point be- behind that is okay. So now the U.S. already had the most powerful military in the world, and that's just going to increase even more. Well, why should we spend so much money on the military, right? And the idea is the same that Reagan would have said: is peace through strength, right? It's like a deterrence strategy. It's a strategy of war, actually, in the 33 strategies of war. And it's deterrence, meaning like if we have such a powerful military, so powerful that it's more we spend more on mili- on our military than the, you know, the next five countries combined, which is actually factual, by the way, then Crazy. Yeah. why would countries go against the U.S. politically or militarily? Right. They they would not want to essentially in a um, very crass to to be crass they wouldn't want to fuck with the u.s right yeah that makes sense Um, i think the u.s after world war ii they made a decision where they said okay we're no longer going to have another world war because it was it was chaos and it was pure suffering for everybody on the world (laughs) right so peace and so yeah so i think what she was what she's trying to say is that that it should not be that way right if we're going to build a a bigger military we're only going to get other countries to build their military even bigger right so trump's thinking was opposite was that you know this is going to deter them 
yeah peace through strength and this, she's saying no we need to establish peace through demilitarization because that's the only thing that's going to cause that's going to cause them to demilitarize also does that make sense yeah so it's like uh i mean which one is right yeah right would that work to be honest though I have no idea to be honest. I'm more of a peace through strength kind of person to be honest with you. Uh Um, But I can't say that. I think it changes over time. And the reason I'm saying that is because maybe during Reagan's time it would have worked because the situation was different. And number one, the technology was different, right? I I mean, today, I mean, go back to the 1980s versus today. That was four decades ago. People forget. Three decades ago. Or or three? No. Four. Almost four decades. Yeah, four. Yeah. So, um, technology has, has gotten, is, has changed. Let's put it that way. Militarily, it has to have changed. Okay. So we can do a lot more destruction and damage now, I'm sure. Um, and I don't see the point of it because if you're going to continue, I think we should demilitarize just a little bit. And because another thing is we're spending so much money on that, that could be used towards, you know, paying off the the massive debt that we have you see now i know i'm saying all of this super like like oh we should do this we should do that i'm not 100 percent sure i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like i know exactly what i'm talking about We're when no it comes experts. to this because yeah yeah and, and the reason i say that is because i don't know the inner workings of the government right now i'm not in the government and i don't know what the situation calls for so if trump sees that you know other, you know, the the intelligence that is being reported to the White House saying that other governments are, you know, they're secretly developing weapons or this or that or whatever, then that changes the situation, correct? I don't have the answers to the situation. I'm not in the White House, you see? So I can't say which one works and doesn't work right now. Right. And I don't think most people can't do that. We all have our own opinions, but in reality... Whoever's inside the government is going to make the the big decisions overall. The public does have a voice, and we can create a bunch of influence, but ultimately it comes down to big figures in government. Yeah. Because they've worked so hard to get into that system. So it's yep. really what happens in Congress and uh, the House of Representatives, the Senate. That's really where mm-hmm. most of the decisions get made. Um, yeah. Not to discourage a bunch of people who are trying to be influential in terms of, you know, creating interest groups and being politically active. Right, right. What uh what else is on the on the Green Deal that like really pops out to you? In respect to the key values, to me, yeah. um let's see here. Respect for diversity. Let's go down to that. Oh, that's that's one of them? <laughs> that's one of them. Here it says. What does it say? We believe it is important to value culture, uh, ethnic, racial, sexual, religious, and spiritual diversity. Oh, everything. To promote the development of respectful relationships across the humane, the human spectrum. And then it goes on. We encourage respect for all life forms and increased intention to uh, the preservation of biodiversity. Yeah. In other words, identity politics. When did diversity become a huge thing? Like, like the 2000s, maybe? Like, when did that start becoming the main political weapon that the Democrats are using? I'll tell you this. So, I actually pledged a fraternity back in my last uh, 
not my last quarter, actually, my last quarter of the first year of my college days. And what at fraternities, if you go into their house, they have class pictures, meaning, you know, from, from like decades ago, they'll, they'll show, you know, oh, this was the graduating class of uh, 1985 or whatever. And, and they, you know, they showed the, the guys that were in the fraternity at the time. And if you go back to, I'd say the 1990s and prior, so but prior to the 1990s, let's say the 1980s and before, sure, it was purely white, white. guys, yeah, <laughs> all white. And I could see it. I was like, wow, that is a massive shift. If you go through, then you go into like the 1990s and there's a few like Asian kids here and there. There's, you know, a few, few more black people in there and uh people outside of the white race right then all of a sudden the 2000s hits and more and more people that's when it like a massive shift happened and there are a lot of more uh there was a lot more diversity let's it put accelerated it that way. like in the past four years maybe five so yes and then in in now it's like i wouldn't even say the past four or five years i would say the past like decade so since around 2000s. 2010 yeah 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 ever since like about about 2009 2010 Dude, that's when things completely change. And I'm like, okay, now it's like completely equally diverse. And I'm like, okay, I don't think we need to even fight for this anymore. Quite honestly, like it's you're, <laughs> in much. fact, you're making a in, you're making even a bigger deal out of it today than it you than you used to. Does that make sense? And the problem's almost gone, in my opinion. I don't see any. I have. I mean, I'm not saying just because I haven't personally experienced any of this kind of thing, others don't. But it's practically so minimal nowadays that, you know, the 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 way racism really plays out is more on a sociological level now, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, for example, you know, um, I'll give the example: black people they do not have as much generational wealth as white people do. Meaning, you know, for example, what happens is. Um, because, uh, black people were slaves back in the sixties, the 1860s. Right. And afterwards what happened was, you know, Jim Crow laws and all this kind of stuff, right? Like I'm pretty sure people know their history here or I'm making the assumption that they do. Um, what happened was after they were freed, they had to start from scratch. They had to start from zero and it wasn't even fair after they were freed, right? Because of Jim Crow laws and everything like that. Until the civil rights movement, let's say. Right, 1960s, so, yeah. Yeah, so they didn't have generational wealth. Their parents weren't able to pass them down wealth. Does that make sense? Yep. They didn't have any wealth. They, they didn't own any wealth, you see, because they were owned. You see what I'm saying? So, but <laughs> white people have been, have, have had, you know, generational wealth passed down, passed down, passed down. Um, and, you know, just th- this is why part of the reason is that, you know, they were, they're able to, afford living in better areas let's say um now i'm not going to apply this to every single black person or every single white person right because that would be racist on my how dare you yeah (laughs) i know right (laughs) um but i am going to say that there are cases out there like this and this is what sociological studies have shown and you know they say oh like uh, you know, people can't make it out of the Bronx or, you know, people can't, uh, you yeah. know, why is this area so concentrated in white people? They have such a disadvantage. It's a, it's a, yeah. There's privilege yeah. everywhere. They don't have it. Yes. And this is what would be known as white privilege, right? Now, here's the thing. What is, what kind of a way is there to get rid of this whole generational wealth gap? It's to tax, right? It's to tax it and redistribute that income in in the form of whether it's through programs or through, 
Um, I don't know. Is that really going to solve the problems? problems? More money? I don't think so. You see, that's the that's the thing. I don't think so because I think, uh, you know, people have to work for what they have to work for. Um, unfortunately, it is a sad reality. But give give it two or three generations, this sort of generational wealth gap should pretty me pretty much be eradicated. It should be gone by then. Now, I don't think it's right to, um you know, just tax, 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 and then redistribute because of various reasons, which I don't want to get into right now because we have other stuff to cover. But um, that's a topic for another time, like economics and everything. But you do like to talk about that. That is your field. I, I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's so, you know, they say that people have to work their way up. Country ha- Countries have to work their way up. You see, wealth isn't just created out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, we all want to live in a very morally uprighteous world where all these resources are distributed perfectly equally. It just doesn't work that way. Production just goes down. You have to understand human nature at that point, right? A little bit of redistribution is fine, right? If it's if it's very extreme, right? We have to have these programs to help them get up on their feet and to help them out, right? But it's very bad and very wrong to just give them free money by redistribution. They need to earn it. Everyone needs to earn it. Not just they, not just, I don't mean to like target a specific group or anything. How dare you? But I know, right. I'm such an evil bastard, (laughs) (laughs) but everyone needs to work their way up. And, and not everyone is going to be born into the same situation or the same families or whatever the case may be, but that's just life. Like, what are you going to do about that? You know, you're going to try to equalize the playing field on that one also. Yeah, um, that's kind of my idea about it, too. Then what happens is you're the, the let's say parents have worked their whole life to support their kids so that their kids can have a better life. Well, if you're going to equalize the opportunity, then you're going to take away all the hard, hard work of the parents for their future generations, you know, and then you get into other moral implications and, and you know, things like that. And that's not correct either. That's not correct. I, I completely disagree with that. It doesn't help them if you just give them free shit because life isn't going to be easy. You know, it's better to train yourself to toughen yourself up to just hit the road and, and work for it. You know, um, the system is, is you know, I sure, I'm sure the system is somewhat against people, you know, um, and there's various examples of that. But Jordan Peterson had a quote rambling in respect to that. No, no worries. That's good. I'm on a rant. <laughs> Alex Jones ain't it. So, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Jordan Dude, Peterson. if I had a few drinks in me, I wouldn't stop talking. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, um, what was I going to say? Uh, Jordan Peterson. So, yes. he, he had a quote in respect to this whole idea of, you know, working hard and taking responsibility. He was saying that. In respect to the individual, it is not a good idea to always look toward rights, pleasure, and impulses, but it's always necessary to go towards responsibility, discipline, and oh, what was the third point? Responsibility, discipline, and um, oh, that third one escapes me. But the, you know the you know what I'm talking about, right? So I, I get the idea. Yeah, many people are not adopting that idea. They're very much on board. I'm talking about the people on the left. They want their rights. They want their 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 pleasures. They want, you know, legalized marijuana, things like that. And they want to base everything off of emotions and feelings and 
what's morally correct. 100%. That makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it, not even that, but it's, or not even just that, but like, here's the thing you have to consider is that in any system where you have freedom, complete freedom, you are going to have inequalities. Right. You can, by trying to equally distribute everything, what you're doing is you're elevating the people who are poor in ability and you are suppressing the people who are meant to excel. And you may be doing this for moral reasons, but you're taking away freedom from people and that's immoral as well. So the people who are who are wanting so desperately to work hard and make their way to the top of this hierarchy, you are not allowing them to do so. You see, and then they get discouraged and then they stop. Because why? Well, if I, what's the point of me working my ass off in medical school? You know, if uh, when I become a surgeon, yeah, the government is going to come in and take away fifty percent of my income. Yeah, and distribute it to someone who didn't work as hard as me. That's the classic exactly. argument. Yep. Yeah. I'm looking at a site right here, uh, the Green New Deal, and it says migration yes. is a human right. So we've had a conversation about migration in the past, fairly recently. Yes. Uh, the last Odyssey report. Mm -hmm. It seems that the Green New Deal is really pushing this idea that migration is going to be part of their agenda. So migration is mm -hmm. a human right, and now is the time for the United States to turn away from a foreign policy of interference with sovereign nations so that the people of Latin America can live their lives autonomously, democratically, and in peace and safety. It's a very moral standing type of viewpoint. Right. And I think it's targeting Central America's Central American nations in general. So right. everyone's south of the border. And I okay. think they put this in as part of their strategy, because there's a lot of controversy in respect to the southern border as well. So they're pretty much yeah. saying, screw the wall, it's immoral, stick with the Green New Deal, and let's fix America, essentially. Yeah. That, that's what I see when I look, when I look at this. I, I, so I disagree with this one. Um, if you're going to say migration is a right, first of all, you cannot discriminate between south latin american countries and other countries in the world um you know i have relatives in india for example who would love to be here but they're having a tough time waiting in line instead of jumping the border or crossing the border mm -hmm. you know no offense but to to them but i mean that's just the truth you know and is it fair that someone you know some relatives over there are waiting in line to you know and going through the the legal process of getting in here we're not even saying don't immigrate here we're not trying to close off the borders completely. We're Just saying don't do it come illegally. here legally. Yeah. Yes, because there is a reason why we have this process. You see, it's not just some bullshit reasoning. There's okay, and a country can only handle a certain amount of a population in the world. If everyone wants to just flood into America, the whole system would collapse. It would not function properly. Does that make sense? And it's the harsh reality. It's something that you know people have to grow a pair of balls and and understand and be able to implement. You have to be able to say no to some people when they want to immigrate here. Unfortunately, it's sad, but that's the way it has to be. So um, I think it is proper. And I think, honestly, I'm on I'm on the side of enforced legal immigration on this one. Um, I think it's very, very important to 
uh, understand that it's not a right, it's a privilege. And what I mean by that is you are, if you are going to come here, you should understand that this country was founded on certain ideals and be a productive member of society, you see? And another point people don't really consider when it comes to immigration is people bring their ideas from other countries over and then they become voting members of the population uh, or, or population members of the population that vote, you see? So if they bring over their ideas that didn't work in their country and they vote here, that's going to have an influence on this country. Right. Does that make sense? What what the principles brain and drain. ideals that they, they that yeah yeah brain drain. That's another thing. Is like mm-hmm. like we need to think critically and rationally about this. It's very very easy to say it's a human right to immigration or migration is a human right. Let's just let everybody in. You know, it sounds morally right. Period. But it's logically stupid uh-huh, uh-huh. period <laughs> um oh i don't know th- th- this is getting me almost a little angry <laughs> because it's um like how how stupid do you have to be to really just think like okay it's a human right let's let everyone in right or let's let you know whoever wants to come in come in because what happens? Everyone's going to want to come in. Practically everyone's going to want to come in. It's not It's not easy like that. Life does not work like that. This is not a rational way to think. That makes sense. We can get into immigration in a different video if you want. We can do an Odyssey Academy episode. On we can that do an one. Odyssey Academy, yeah. I mean, yeah. this idea that the moral standing on immigration... Hello? You still there? I'm still here. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can hear you now. Um, we got to cut it in and out there. Yeah, I, I heard you cut in and out. Um, yeah. So about immigration and migration in general, it's an awful thing to say no to someone, right, at the border. Yeah. Someone who's trying to get away from poverty, who's trying to get a better life for themselves, and to really deny them access to a life of opportunity, it's a yeah. bad thing, right? Everyone can agree on that. But when it comes to individuals in america you have to consider that uh letting everyone in like you were saying without any pre uh you know just any testing or uh just um review any, in any general, process yeah any kind of process legal legalization type of thing it's uh it's a bad thing to not implement those right so everyone would just come in It'd be a bad time for Americans inside as well because they would alter culture in a way where it would I don't I don't want to say harm Americans, but it would change things drastically, right? So if we accepted every Mexican that wanted to come from uh, the southern border, for example, mm-hmm. life in Texas would be really different. <laughs> yeah, because they would just be overwhelmed with Hispanics in general. So. I think we have to keep in mind the the intentions and the rights of American people as of right now inside the border. So okay. you, you have to protect the people you you really care about inside yeah, the wall, I agree. essentially. Yeah, I agree, absolutely. Um, I think that's all we have to it, say, to be honest, about migration. 
We don't have much yeah. else to report on. I it. do have one thing to add quickly. Go um, for it. It also comes down to your personality traits also, you know. It comes down to agree uh, agreeableness, I think it was, on the one test versus disagreeableness. Yeah. Um, they say women tend to lean more towards the agreeable side and men tend to lead a little bit tend to lean a little bit more towards the towards the disagreeable. I think that biological fact is because they work with children most of the time. Uh just throughout yeah. history, right? I'm not, okay. I'm not yeah, saying like yeah. now. Right, right. And 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 you know, women have been nurturers in our evolutionary past, right? Like and to be able to be a nurturer, you have to be able to connect with your emotions and and you know, uh, be able to connect with other human beings. And so you have to sort of be agreeable to a, to a certain degree, all right? Um, now, on the extremes, if you talk about it, the extremes, the, the most disagree- disagreeable people on the planet are men, and the most di- agreeable uh, people on the planet are women, on the extremes of the spectrum, right? But if you look at it, you know, as the, if you look at the population as a whole, then it's, slightly tilted towards men is slightly tilted for women in their respective directions now if you are agreeable you want to close off dominance hierarchies you want to equally distribute more resources you want to let people in you are much more likely and prone to side with the argument that sounds moral does that make sense yeah now if you are disagreeable you want to in fact create more inequalities you want to create strict dominance hierarchies where there is a clear winner and a clear loser so and i'm not saying some countries are winners and some countries are losers and the people who are in america are winners and vice versa or whatever but i am saying that you know men have been in our evolutionary past forced to in to have been given the role to enforce borders you know, you, you, to be disagreeable you know, people. times, yeah. yeah, like tribes, you know, you had to be a little bit disagreeable. You had to have a little fight in you. You had to, uh, stand up for yourself and fight for your place in the dominance hierarchy. And you had to, uh, you know, we were given roles to literally enforce the border of our tribes because other, uh, tribes would come in and steal our resources. And it's almost kind of like, I'm not saying it's the same exact case today. We've evolved past that a little bit, but think about it america is kind of like its own tribe and it has to understand who it's letting into its tribe and who it has to keep out and because remember we have a limited amount of resources and now again if you're agreeable you want to distribute those resources equally so hey let all these people come in it's fine it's not a big deal if you're disagreeable you're gonna you're more prone towards you know uh strict border control because it's like no you know, there has to be a clear winner and a clear loser here. There has to be, you know, some sort of boundary in force. Um, not that we're heartless, but, you know, this is the way that reality is. It's harsh, but you kind of have to um, look out for yourself first. Somebody in charge has to have that kind of trait. They have to be disagreeable to the point where they care about the ones that they love more than others, right? So yeah. they're disagreeable in a sense that they value some things greater than others. So I think disagreeable people, I think agreeable people, they value a lot of things across the spectrum, right? They want equality, they want equal rights, and they want good moral standings in respect to their own uh, emotions, their own uh, uh, validations, right? Sure, yeah. When it comes to disagreeable people, they say, okay, I value some things more than others. 
So when it comes to the idea and that state of mind, I'm going to say no and and uh, stand you know, up for what I believe in. Right. Cut off, uh, you know, a sense of uh, morality. Right. So you're you're the disagreeable person's morality is different from the agreeable person's morality. I would argue. Yes, absolutely. 100%. And uh, the epitome of disagreeableness is Donald Trump, or at least the way I see it. <laughs> the one who's getting the most attention, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy is so freaking disagreeable. Every, I mean, just look at, just watch him speak on, on the debate stage in 2015. You'll see it. A lot of people didn't like the way he debated, to be honest. I remember every teacher I had was like, this Hello? is, I'm here. I think you're cut out again. I think it's cutting out in here and there, but I think it's going to be okay because uh, we're recording on our own <laughs> program. I think the Skype is a little faulty right now. Hello. Hello. <laughs> okay. Having, okay. We're having technical difficulties, <laughs> folks. Bear with us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think um, it's, uh, we might just cut that part out. It's It was at an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, yeah. Right now I've got uh, an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's all we have to say on, on that topic. Um, yeah, that, that checks off that report. Uh, what else is there to report in in respect to recent events? Uh, did we talk about the Rolling Stone video? We did. We talked about that. Um, so the video itself. So we talked about, we talked about that, um, briefly, not in the detail, but, um, okay. We mentioned that Rolling Stone uh, recently did a story on Nancy Pelosi and the new voices of the house. That's the title of the video. I'll link it in the okay. description below. So yeah, yeah, people will go ahead and listen to that. It's not quite as offensive as a Gillette commercial. Very low key, mm. very mellow. But uh, I mean, so far, nothing else to report um, on our schedule. Not much else to. I wouldn't say much else to report, but I did watch this one video, and I can't say that what the events of this video the the way that it was explaining it i can't say that it's recent news i don't know it might be it might not be but uh this video was talking about a woman named elizabeth holmes who is the ceo and founder of a company called uh theranos um and theranos is a company that claimed that it can do blood reports with minimal amounts of blood so typically when they take your blood right for a blood test and to you know see if your uh your vitamins and minerals you know if you have any deficiencies or anything like that yeah they take tubes right they take whole tube fills and and they might even take an extra one like you were saying earlier (laughs) you know just for the hell's sake of taking more blood you know (laughs) just to be a case Um, yeah so this company, the claims that it was making was that just with a couple drops of blood that they can they can conduct these tests, okay? It turns out that it was all fake. Everything was fake. Oh, no. So they were faking the results. They defrauded tons of investors because they thought this idea was going to be great. I mean, if you only need a couple, you know, drops of blood, like, you know, more and more people are going to want to go to them because, you know, that if who wants to give more blood for the exact same results? You see what I'm saying? Right. Um, now there was a reporter who found little inconsistencies in this woman's story. Let's put it Elizabeth Holmes. He said, how can a woman who 
you know, went to college and dropped out after I think it was two years or into her or like a year into her master's degree. She she dropped out essentially. And it was her field was, I think, chemics chemistry, biology, some something like that. Something some science some scientific based. field. Yeah. Yes. Now, to be able to find something revolutionary in a field like that, you need to have the the knowledge, the know-how. How can you be a college dropout and create something revolutionary in that field? You know, you can understand maybe, you know, people like Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg because that's technology. It's something different. The idea is there, you know, you have people to finance you and whatever. Uh, but Yeah, but when it comes to biology, it's kind of a different field. It is. I could agree on that. You can't you you're trying to pioneer something new. You kind of you know would ideally need to know everything you need, you know about that field or at least the current uh uh the current let's say knowledge about it. So what happened was this guy found this inconsistency and he uh dug a little deeper and he found out that her the whole thing was a lie, right? Um and they it was it was so bad that when they found out and they sort of confronted her she kept lying about it like no no we're we're actually you know this is real and then when they actually gave her a court ordered you know i think the court ordered her to do something to dismantle her company or whatever she told her investors the exact opposite she said oh we might be starting a new company in a month you know or whatever so how you know people are you kind of have to understand that there are certain types of people out there who are willing to go as far as this to make money to have power to do whatever right now is that you know a common thing i don't know but this is how you can and the video was talking about this is how you can tell that uh if someone is a narcissist or not Right, whether they like there, there were traits that they were describing uh, about Elizabeth Holmes, um, you know, just things like do they lie, and when they're caught in the lie, do they, you know, um, do they continue lying, um, or things like they, you know, will dismiss you, or they lie about ridiculous things you know, whatever it is, they're obsessed with their image. And just, you know, this is uh, sort of a, uh, this is how Elizabeth Holmes was, essentially. And I don't know how recent this was. But um, I just saw that video. And I just, I thought that was crazy. It's a good thing to report. Um, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page on her right now. And it says she dropped out of Stanford's School of Engineering, and used her tuition money as a seed funding for a consumer healthcare technology company known as Theranos. So, right. School of Engineering is no joke, especially when you're going for your master's. So, no one can blame her there. But the idea that she went through with this type of falsified data and research tells you something about the individual of Elizabeth in general, right? And then you showed me... Yeah. You were talking about a video about the five signs uh, you're dealing with a narcissist. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we, we were trying to make that connection right away and uh yeah i wonder why you jumped to that conclusion did you did you think about that uh when you heard of her failure of uh the company i i personally did not okay. um actually 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 you know what i did a little bit 
but only because to to take it that far you don't see too many people taking it that far at least not in public at least i not that i've you know, people have uncovered i'd Some say kind of you know far. yeah but to base your power your financial you know whatever it is your legacy on something that's completely fabricated and false just for the sake of having power and money and whatever is in my opinion narcissistic because you're only after i mean i guess every human being seeks power right to a certain degree no matter you know the ones that claim that they don't you have to watch out for those ones the most you know because they're the ones that use the moral arguments to to say they don't want power but every human being strives for it naturally you know um but i personally maybe not wouldn't have jumped right away to that conclusion i would have just been like wow that that's a hell of an individual that's you know that's a really evil person right there (laughs) oh wow i'm looking at the criminal charges right here speaking of the evil person on june 15 2018 following an investigation by the u.s attorney's office in san francisco that lasted more than two years a federal grand jury indicted holmes and former indicted indicted sorry uh and the former um coo uh Uh and the president uh ramsey some some weird name some guy on nine counts of wire fraud and two counts of conspiracy to commit wire fraud so it looks like here one to defraud investors okay so there were misleading investors that's a big deal uh the other to defraud doctors and patients right based on data and research uh after the indictment was issued holmes stepped down as a ceo and remained chair of the board the case is proceeding in the u.s district court in san jose uh holmes and the uh the former uh coo have pleaded not guilty they face up to 20 years in prison. So, ha- was she charged? Like, did she... Uh, did she go to jail? <laughs> I think it's probably recent news, maybe. Recent because news. I, didn't it say that it's, it's still happening in San Jose right now? Uh, the case is proceeding in the U.S. District Court in San Jose. Okay, so they have pleaded not guilty. Okay. 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 I'm going to go to the footnote 56 here. Uh, 56... So here, disgrace and criminal charges. Ooh. Two counts of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and nine counts of wire fraud. Mm. She looks kind of crazy, to be honest. <laughs> Looking at her right there. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, massive fraud obtaining $700 million in investments. That's a lot of money. She must have yeah. really talked her yeah. way through things. Jeez. Uh, yep. What else are we looking at here? As part of the settlement arrangement, Holmes will pay five hundred thousand dollar fine and will be barred from serving as a director or office right so she can no longer serve as in charge um two defendants who that yada, yada, yada. no mention of her being in jail um okay from serving for 10 years not in the of the night i'm doing okay so she kind of admitted it so she um she didn't deny wrongdoing, so she owned up to her little scam. Okay. Um, yeah, this is a serious issue. I did not know about this lady. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. 
it kind of it kind of makes you think, right? You know, the Food and Drug Administration doesn't really FDA look over. Yeah, they don't look over um, multivitamins, tablets, things like that, right? That people take. Um, and there, you know, there are a lot of people out there who take multivitamins every day. They take their tablets, and they don't realize that the FDA doesn't really approve of it. Yeah, I mean, it's not that they don't disapprove or whatever, really but they don't approve. It's it's not reviewed exactly. Okay. It's not. So for all we know, companies are just making little tablets that have powder that don't mean shit. There's no multivitamins in there for all we know and or this minerals. Is, this is a new topic for another Odyssey uh, Academy episode because the drug companies have a very, very high influence um, in just on people. The, the medicine market in general, like on, on doctors and on uh, insurance, yeah. medical insurance companies. And, you know, the FDA doesn't really regulate them. They're out of control, I believe. Yeah. Yep. That's another topic yep, to yep, talk yep. about. Uh, we definitely will. In in my past, I've never had severe medical need, to be honest. Like, I, I never taken, like, usual pills. I've never, uh, you know, needed, like, surgery. So, I right. can't really relate much, to be honest. Yeah. Me either. Um, I think I did say on the first episode of, of Odyssey, at the very, very, the very beginning, first, actually, the yeah. very first thing we said... We're talking about doctors and whether we've been injured and uh, things like that. And so I think, okay, so all I had was one major allergic reaction and that was it. Um, And I, dude, they usually say if you're having an allergic reaction, you need to take Benadryl. And Benadryl Benadryl did not work for me. I, I took so much Benadryl, it didn't work, right? So I went to the ER and they just... They stuck a needle in me and they were pumping Benadryl like throughout my bloodstream. Like, and that finally calmed it down a little bit. And I was just at a rash all over. I I was so itchy that I was having like seizures in my leg, in my legs. I've never felt that way in my entire life. And, you know, I found out later that it was that I was allergic to an ingredient called sulfa, which is like sulfonamide. Um, and it's so weird so i gotta take i never want to take that again yeah there's some people who are just allergic to certain is that like a metal like a certain material it it is it is it's some uh, sulfite it's based off of sulfur it's based off of sulfur no sulfonamide so 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 if just type in sulfa on on google and you'll find it sulfonamide sulfa sulfonamide Sulfonamides, maybe? No, no, no. I I just typed in sulfa, S C U L F A. It's an antibiotic. Yeah, right there, sulfonamide. Mm, so complex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, look, the first the 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 first most common uh, asked question is, what is a sulfa allergy? <laughs> uh, it's an adverse drug reaction to sulfonamides, a class of drugs that includes both antibiotic antibiotics and non antibiotics um yeah that is kind of weird that's people are allergic to the weirdest things to be honest like my i mentioned my sister yeah. is allergic to silver uh yeah i've heard people uh who are allergic to gold who are allergic to uh different kinds of metals like cast irons aluminum uh right i've heard some people allergic to tin which is kind of weird so yeah 
I guess everyone's genes are just really different. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's another topic to talk about in the academy. Jeez, Definitely. so much to talk about. <laughs> I know, man. It's exciting. There's, it a, is, there's a whole future it? ahead. Whole future ahead. Well, we're kind of heading toward the end here on two hours. So, yeah. anything else we want to say? Any last mentions? Uh, no, I think I'm okay. Like, I think yeah. we can call it an episode. Pretty productive episode here. We covered a lot of topics. I got a lot of things for our reference list here for our descriptions. So, yeah. Thanks for listening in, if you're still listening. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. We'll see you soon. See you soon, guys. Bye.